episode 193 for September 2012. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. An example on this episode is on Amazing Spider-Man number 697. The description on this one reads that Spidey joins the War of the Goblins, and this one brings back the original Hobgoblin and maybe a possible appearance by Norman. The cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Welcome back, Crawl Spacers, to our September show. Let me introduce who we've got on the panel. We have JR from SpideyKicksButt.com. Welcome, JR. What's going on, sir? Um, please leave a message because JR is not here right now. JR is driving to a university in Ohio to keep his daughter from doing and going to places that are stupid. What happened? What happened? Uh, What happened? Where did she go? Nothing happened. She just, I just saw pictures of her. She went to a nightclub. Oh, no, JR. (laughs) Was it MJ's nightclub? Because I hear that place is really happening. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know, and she didn't give me an invite, goddamn, gosh darn it. So. <laughs> <laughs> what is Mary Jane's nightclub called Jackpot, or what is it called? It's MJ. MJ's, got it, got it, got it. I think Jackpot would have been a better one. But anyway, JR, it'll it'll be fine. Don't don't Facebook stalk. <laughs> uh, I got another four years of this. Holy oh, mackerel. Can't take the nightclub, man. You know. Oof. I, I swear, you know, a, a convent's looking better all the time. <laughs> uh, and we have Josh Bertoni. Welcome, Josh. Yes, I just discovered this new element called podcast particles. I hope nothing goes wrong and I get an annoying little sidekick that I have to tutor. Uh, <laughs> on, on the subject of uh, of jackpot, though, like, that would actually, because you know how, like, the whole lingo when people go out, like, hey, let's hit this place up. Hey, let's, you know, like, they could say, hey, let's go hit jackpot tonight. Hit the jackpots. You know, they could yeah. that whole play on. Then again, with with the writer of the book that we have, the the joke would have been overdone by issue two. Well, you know, it would have been a clone saga flashback. Let's go hit the MJ. Now, you know, you don't want to. Yeah, that doesn't sound very good. And, and besides, That's, Josh, I already discovered those particles years ago. You know, so. Threw them away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I knew that it was a Pandora's box, so I didn't tell uh, anyone. And we have Donovan. Welcome, sir. Where's the trigger? I'm sorry. I- <laughs> I, I still love that from the. Did, did you did you like uh, the Dark Knight Rises? I'm gathering. No, I hate it. No, I loved it. It was fun. But uh, that's in the past. Uh, Hi ho, everybody. There you go. And we have Chris. Welcome, Chris. Hey, Brad. Um, on, oh, sir. You know, uh, after last or, or two months ago, rather's five hour fun fest, I was thinking about uh, drinking some brewskis to make maybe this one go by a little easier. But it turns out that. There's no liquor stores open on uh, Sunday morning, so I'm stuck with uh, sparkling water. Uh, you got to load up on Saturday, son. Yeah, that's what they tell yeah. me. It's all your fault, Brad, and he can't be drunk because of you. I'm so sorry. Speaking of, if you want a kick in the morning, I saw this online. Uh, there's Mountain Dew AM coming to Taco Bell's in selected areas, so if anybody has tried it. Is Mountain Dew coffee? Mount- Mountain Dew AM. It's got Mountain Dew mixed with orange juice. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, that sounds, that sounds horrible. Actually, if you look at the label on Mountain Dew, there is orange juice in it already. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. That actually sounds intriguing. Yeah, dude. Taco Bell's uh, Baja Blast is awesome, too. You know what? You really also, you really, I know you're a newsman. You really always like doing Mountain Dew commercials because every two months it's like, Mountain Dew has a oh, new man. flavor, and I'm loving it. 
I, I'm just hoping someone from the PepsiCo company hears this and gives me a case. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the case, uh, oh, that's not a segue. <laughs> <laughs> no, it isn't. We have Kevin Cushing and a little bit of announcement to Kevin for all of our longtime listeners. Kevin left us, but you know what? I gave him an offer he couldn't refuse, and he's back. Kevin, panelist on the show. Welcome, Kevin. What? Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, Kevin. Brad's offer I couldn't refuse was, "Hey, you want to come back?" Uh, <laughs> and I've got incriminating pictures that will affect your acting. <laughs> Brad sat down and had a meeting with Dan Slott, and he said, "Look, I lost one of my favorite people on this show. You need to put Morbius in the book for a few issues in a row. That'll lure him back." <laughs> That's pretty true, actually. <laughs> and, and it damn well did, honestly, so well done. Yeah. And, and Kevin, you have a new segment on the front page. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, I've actually got a couple new things starting on the front page. Um, I'm going to be doing uh, – actually, by the time this is out, the first installment should already be on the homepage called The Cushing Critique, uh, which is a series of weekly editorials I'm doing. Um, basically, every week I'm going to – write up a whole editorial on whatever subject related to Spider-Man takes my fancy that week. And true to myself, I'm going to start off analyzing the return of Morbius in Amazing Spider-Man and beyond. And also just took over uh, Scarlet Spider comic book reviews, which is cool for me because I love that book. So I'm having a good time doing that, too. We haven't reviewed books in a long time. Man, it's been... Well, there was, was the last few years ago. I think I quit... Right around Civil War. Holy cow. I mean, there was a time right before that leading up to it that I was reviewing literally every book. But I burned like a, out. Like 07, 2007 probably? Yeah, around then. I'm one, yeah. I think I started in 05, and then, yeah, I did it for about two years. That's crazy. Well, welcome back, sir. Well, wait, Here, wait, wait. Why did he go with the Cushing critique? I mean, I, I mean, why didn't he go with something like, say, pin cushion? You know, where pin is called <laughs> E-E-N. You know, pin cushion. Or pushing for the cushion. Oh, more pin cushion for the pushing. Yeah, that'd been great. I've uh, discovered cushing particles. <laughs> I wanted to sound a little bit more like Tom Brokaw than Kevin Smith, I suppose. I don't know. Welcome to Nightly Nose. This is the Ken Cushion Report. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight on Fleecing of America, Morbius is $2.99. Wow. <laughs> also, related to what Chris said, I am, after that five-and-a-half-hour marathon, drinking a beer and eating a power bar for this time. So I don't know if that's actually me going Hollywood or if that's more my Kentucky roots. Can you go and buy a beer in California on a Sunday? Uh, I don't have to. I just have to go to the fridge, buddy. If you go down to the corner store, can you get a, can you get a little snockered? Um, I, I'm quite sure I can go get them from CVS or 7-Eleven today. That's a great word, isn't it, snockered? Brad, saying, yeah. in California, you can go to the local drugstore and buy some weed. I mean, come on. <laughs> Jeez. Everyone oh, knows that. The voice of experience there, JR. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, we have another little announcement. Uh, notice George isn't on the show. George has had some... Work is adding up for George, and he's had a uh, he's got to cut back on something. So unfortunately, he's not going to be on the show anymore. He occasionally might call in in the call-in section or something like that, or maybe a special appearance here and there. But George is backed out of the show, and I want to go around the horn just say some good things and, and wish him good luck. And Jr., you've known him the longest 
from – how many years have you known George? Well, when you say you've known somebody the longest, usually that means that that person probably shouldn't say anything at all because they know too much. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, but uh, no, I've, I've known George for 12 years since uh, – since the year 2000, when uh, he and Alex Hamby had started up a hero realm, and he found some obscure Spider-Man columnist out there uh, and said, hey, why don't you join us? And the result was uh, probably increasing the exposure I otherwise would have had just on my own. Wow. So he's, uh, I tell you, George, he's uh, he, he's a presence that definitely fills the room, whether he's there in person or just in cyberspace. But uh, uh. His uh, his one-liners are priceless, and I've enjoyed uh, the time he's been here. Um, you know, he's one of those he's one of those guys that uh, you know, if you need someone to have your back, he's one of them. Uh, <laughs> I think he's uh, I think you know, Brad, as you can testify, he's he's done the yeah. site a significant service or two over the years, and uh, he's been my Jack Webb. <laughs> yeah, my Dragnet sometimes. And yeah. uh, we're gonna we're we're gonna miss him, but I can't believe he's gone forever. You know. Yeah, we'll, we'll get them back like Kevin. They Once I was out, they get me back in. <laughs> Speaking of You're going to be with Dan Slott to have him put Stegron in. <laughs> Stegron ongoing will be reviewed by George, yes, <laughs> if that ever happens. What were you saying, Kev? Um, well, I mean, you know, George has just been such a huge presence on the crawl space ever since the light shined off of his big shaved Texas head the first time he walked through those swinging crawlspace doors and announced his presence. And, I mean, everybody knows George. There's a reason everybody knows George. <laughs> Most people love him. Some people don't. Either way, you know he's a huge personality. He He's always hilarious. He's always adding something to the conversation. And his addition to this conversation will definitely be missed. But I'm glad we still see him once in a while around the crawl space. And I, too, am confident that he'll be back someday because, you know, like me, you just can't stay away from this. <laughs> very true, very true. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest... Uh things that happened in the crawl space and in a positive way the last few years was the addition of fight club because that added um and, and that was all george that added a lot more you know interaction with different members you know people who like i don't want to say you know that had kind of died off or weren't on the boards as much but that was something that got people excited about coming to the boards excited about posting and debating and it was generally fun and it, it was an original idea and uh I I, and, I give George a lot of credit for that. That is one of the best things that's happened in the crawl space in the last few years. And if you go to the message board, uh, AmFam15 is now taking over uh, the Fight Club, where you fight against a fellow message board person. And Kevin, who's got a fight going right now? I Kevin, um, you? I just want to fight against still a nerd with the Grizzly. The Grizzly <laughs> won against who? The Italian, Italian Spider-Man. Spider good Lord. Right. Good Lord. I, <laughs> I had so a fight once with uh, Donovan. Um, I was Alicia Masters, and he was Mila Donovan, and we had a fight in the Grand Canyon. Forgot about that. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> All right, I'll, I'll step in and uh, share my thoughts, but Josh basically um, stole them because I was going to talk about Fight Club. And Jeez. really, I mean, he's he's absolutely right. It kind of, during a time when I just wasn't really into the books at all, and I might have you know, not even really had a reason to stick around. You know, it gave me something to do on the board, a reason to keep coming back, a reason to get into debates. And, uh, you know, uh, that, that's all George. He he built that from the ground up, and it was it's one of the most fun things I've ever had to do on Crawlspace. So, you know, 
cheers to him for that. Cheers to him for his personality and his humor, and uh, he'll be missed. Cool. Last but not least, Don, wrap it up. But George and I never agreed on anything, so I hate him. No, <laughs> no that's not true. Um, yeah. You had some good debates with him. Yeah, I mean, because uh, I, I got to know him like, you know, through the Skype chat before he became an actual, like, full-fledged podcast member. And um, like, like you guys have said, like, before Fight Club, he had the Friday Night Fights, which I really liked. Mm, I liked those He two. had, like, those you know, uh, Spider-Man vs. the X-Men, which is, which I, I think everybody knows is one of his favorites. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man, vs., Spider-Man vs. Luke Cage, which I really liked. I mean, I liked how he an- analyzed them. I was, I was looking forward to those all the time. He introduced Fight Club. We saw a lot of really good debates and a lot of silly fights. Um, and mainly to me, George is always like a very strong voice from like the uh, fan com- Spider-Man fan community. I mean, he would always like you know you always a very strong opinion, say what he thought, and whether I agree with him or not, it was always interesting to listen to. I mean, you know, we talked back and forth, and I mean, I know he mentioned this uh, on, on his uh, front page post, but I, I, I do have a lot of respect for the guy. Um, I would look forward to hearing what, what he would have to say about certain things, like um, the mm-hmm. sidekick. Or uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, and because it is going to cause you know discussions, which can always help cause people to think. And if nothing else, George does make people think. So I mean, it is it is a sizable sizable loss to the, to the website. But he's not he's not again he's not dead. He'll, he'll be back sooner or later. <laughs> this isn't awake. Yeah. One of uh, the things I enjoyed most with George was uh, reading iTunes reviews, especially the ones that hate us. So let's get right into them. <laughs> We've got. Segue. We've uh, we've got uh, we've got two negatives, uh, six positives. Let's get to the negatives first because those are always fun. Uh, this is from Trey Washington, posted on June eighteenth. The subject title was "Boring and Doesn't Cover All Things Spider-Man." One out of five stars. As a fan of all things Spider-Man, you would think a podcast that claims they cover all things Spidey would do that, but they don't. They will, of course, talk about the current Amazing Spider-Man comic, but that's pretty much it, before they kick it in the Wayback Machine and pretty much ignore everything else. They will mention the current Venom, but only if it relates to a movie, or if they talk about Flash, they ignore Miles' book, even though the book has consistently been one of Marvel's best-selling books. Has it? Okay, anyway. Hell, only one host even reads the book, but you would never know it. Wow. It must be me. You guys really don't read the book? Okay. Uh, You're better off just going to a podcast that talks about all comics and listening to this. Two out of three listeners found this helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess that's it for us then. Any comments on Mr. Trey Washington's claim how none of us read the book? I've got one. Um, Okay. I mean, first of all, you know, obviously we can't spend hours talking about every single thing related to Spider-Man that gets published because then that, you know, that would take more time than we have. But... You know, we have a way that people can use to get us to talk about something that is on their mind, and that's the message board question thread. So, you know, if you register on our message board and post a question in the thread that's usually posted around a week or two before the episode is, you can pretty much get us to talk about whatever you want. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I I know I read Amazing Spider-Man, Scarlet Spider, and Ultimate Spider-Man, and a lot of the rest of the panelists read several books. So, if you want to talk to us about it, ask. That's that's a perfect point. We can we do read the books. <laughs> and as yeah. these are satellite titles, there are satellite podcasts. Clone Saga Chronicles, when it gets around to coming out, says me, um, you know, does cover <laughs> the Scarlet Spider title. And while there isn't really a podcast devoted to Venom or you know, Miles Morales. There used to be an Ultimate Spider-Man podcast. Uh, that's gone now. But uh, I mean, it's 
you know what? I mean, if you're passionate about those books, I invite you to start a podcast about them. And if it's good, you know, we'll post it on the front page and, you know, definitely check it out because I definitely like hearing satellite Spider-Man title podcasts. Not to mention, panelists review those books for the homepage. If you want our thoughts on that, Chris reviews Venom. I review Scarlet Spider. I believe uh, Sean Martineau reviews Ultimate Spider-Man. Is that correct? Yeah, just post in the comments section if you want to get a discussion going. That's one nice thing about this podcast. When we're n- when you've got four episodes a month, you can 30 days out of the month, you can go on the front page and see whatever you want. It's up on the front page. So if you want to talk about Ultimate Spider-Man, go up there. Is that what you need? All right, let's move on to another guy who hates us, uh, Mr. Tony Ambrosa, ALA4, posted on June 28th, the subject title, We still read Spider-Man comics even though we hate them. One out of five stars. (laughs) I tried listening to this podcast a few years ago and could not stand it. Considering Spider-Man's my all-time favorite character and I listen to a lot of podcasts, I decided to give it another shot. This show is really is just a bunch of grown men talking about how they think every Spider-Man comic that's been published in the last 20 years is a piece of crap. They will also talk about everything that writes... They will also talk about everyone that writes these comics and how bad they are. They then will say, quote, this book wasn't worth the three ninety nine I paid for it, unquote. If you keep buying something that you feel isn't worth you, your hard-earned money, doesn't that make you a sucker? Two out of two listeners found this one helpful. <laughs> Any comments on this one? Oh, yes. Um, Hit it, Don. Well, first, thank you for your uh, opinion. Um, yeah, we're a bunch of grown men reading comics, and yeah, we tend not to be very happy a lot of the time, but I think that, you know, I mean, you know, just to kind of, like, counter with that opinion, we don't hate everything. Uh, well, I mean, JR and, and Brad really like the 80s era of Spider-Man. Um, myself and Josh really like the 90s era of Spider-Man. I, and myself, Chris, and Kevin like the JMS era of Spider-Man, whereas Josh, JR, and Brad are, you know, not as high on it, so... We do have conflicting opinions. We're not just a hate echo chamber. And, you know, everybody, every now and then we do give solid grades. Like uh, I, I mean, a couple months ago, I loved that time uh, travel arc that Slot did, you know, right after I didn't like the uh, Daredevil Black Cat story that Wade did. So it's not, we're not seeking to hate stuff out. It just, you know, it just happens to be our opinion. Any other comments for Mr. Tony Ambrosia that hates us? I rarely say screw him, his mama, and our bridge, bridge playing friends. Well, that, well, that's Jr.'s opinion. All right, let's ask. Got to resent the fact that we're all a bunch of grown men. Who says that we're all grown men? No, we're young at heart, Mister Tony. Some of us are man-childs. You know what? And, and I, I think the podcast does get a, a uh, uh, gets blanketed as a negative podcast. But I, in my opinion, if you listen to every single one of them, uh, generally, I don't think many of us come down on the same page of the reviews of Amazing Spider-Man. Generally, the reviews are all over the board. Yeah, like it will be today. Unless, it, unless it's shit. <laughs> I listen to this episode and hear us hate a bunch of books. Yeah, exactly. In fairness, the shit episodes were just you, Kevin, and Stella at that point. But I'm sure that like if the nine of us were on there, then we wouldn't like it either. Yeah. Anyway. 
What you gonna do? Uh, now onto someone that loves us, Mr. Mojo73, Mojo Rising. There you go. Great resource <laughs> for Spidey. Five out of five stars. I've been reading Spider-Man since 1979, and these guys help me remember all the great times. They know their stuff, and everything they talk about relates to the webhead. Thanks for being the best podcast out there for the web slinger. Ten out of ten stars. Now, I disagree with Mr. Mojo. Yeah, he's wrong about everything. I'm just kidding. Mr. Mojo, thank you very much. Oh, shucks. <laughs> uh, let's see. And we have... B-Boy Jams. That's from the 90s. I'm getting a feedback of something from me. Let me see. B-Boy Jams, you know, styling turntables. They're, uh, the reverb's too high. No, who's, who's echoing me? Can, here, Josh, you mute. Uh, okay, hold on. Alright, check one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Well, now I don't hear it. After these messages. <laughs> After these messages. It's All right, I just unmuted. Okay, check one, two, three. Microphone checker. No. It was gone when Josh... Nope, yeah, there it is. <laughs> it's Josh. <laughs> Josh, can you mute when I'm talking a little bit? I can try. Okay, I don't know what that is. It's weird. Do you have, like, speakers on or something? Or No, it's... uh. Okay. Oh, I, just I didn't hear it myself a little bit. Yeah, let me try and adjusting some stuff and see if it goes away. Let me know if okay. it comes back. <clears throat> okay. All right, Brad, when you're editing, delete all that shit. Okay. <laughs> Pretty uh, <laughs> Okay, moving on to B-Boy Jams, posted on July 5th. Subject title, Amazingly Spectacular Spider-Man Podcast, five out of five stars. Uh, I've always been a fan of Spidey, but I have never read the comics until a little over a year ago, But I'm an, and I'm a new reader to the Amazing Spider-Man comic book series. I started reading during Dan Slott's current run, 648 Big Time, amid, uh, and that was around the time I discovered the podcast and have been listening ever since. I love Spidey as much as Brad and the gang on this podcast, though they say this isn't the best run. I will eventually go back and read the essentials. i got to say that this podcast is great. It covers the current ongoing Spider-Man series as well as Spidey-related news. It's always great to hear the gang discuss the comics. Whether they liked it or not, everyone is entitled to their own opinion, and that's what I love about this show. They have a wide range of speakers from the ages of 20 to late 40s. That's you, JR. They always <laughs> And only you. <laughs> they always rate Way to out him. He oh, could have been bad. talking about any of us. They always rate the comics on an alphabetical scale, A being the highest, F being the lowest, and they support their grade with evidence. I love hearing JR's this month in Spider History. Overall, you're a webhead. You will not be disappointed. Oh, overall, if you're a webhead, you will not be disappointed by this podcast. Keep up the good work, guys. P.S. Check out the Crawl Space website for all your Spidey news and become a f- member of the message board to discuss all Spidey-related stuff. That was Spider Venom on the board, it looks like. Checked in the mail. And zero out of one listener found this review helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the haters are hitting negative on the... Uh, anyway, what you going to do? Thank you, B-Boy. Any comments for Mr. Spider Venom? Thanks. Appreciate it. You're, awesome. You're awesome, sir. Thank you. Hey, yeah. John? Oh, before you move on, I just wanted to say that I think the highest compliment is that he said that we support our views with evidence. Um, exactly. Because that's what it's all about. Like, if you can't you know, support your views with the reasons why you have them, what, what's the point of, you know subjecting other people listening to us. If you listen to the other reviews, it sounds like we go on there each month and say, this sucks, this sucks, F, F, F. Moving on, let's talk about Mountain Dew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Only your dreams. Which is, 
Uh, let's see. Jonathan Wall, July 9th. Very entertaining. Five out of five stars. Great podcast. Highly entertaining. I'm always checking the iTunes store and the Crawl Space site for new episodes. I love to hear JR's wisdom and George's ranting. Brad is a great host and brings up interesting topics of discussion. Only complaint, though, is that there is not a consistent review of Ultimate Spider-Man episodes. No doubt the show is total poop, but I would like to hear the cast's thoughts and comments as to the episodes. But this really takes nothing away from the appeal, as I suppose the less I... Uh, hear about Ultimate Spider-Man, the better. Good work. Keep it up. Hope to see something special for episode 200. Maybe interview Joe Quesada, Snicker. Zero out of one person found this review helpful. <laughs> Wait, does he want us to review Ultimate Spider-Man or not? The cartoon. No, no, he, he does. He, I think he wants to hear how bad Oh, the it cartoon. Is. I thought it was in the comic, yeah. We're not the audience for that show, though, so it's it's really not fair to have us review it. That would be like, you know, having... It, it, it's almost. It would almost be like having us review Teletubbies or something. It's. Uh... <laughs> I, I asked Spencer to do it, but he said I can't even watch that show. I mean, <laughs> right, Jr. Well, actually, I, if I recall, when we when we talked about it, uh, he actually he did kind of like it because Don liked really? it, and then I said that Don had the mind of a ten year old. No, uh, but 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 what he doesn't like though, he doesn't like Drake Bell's voice. He said he said he sounds too much like a girl. Uh, which you know leads leads credence to my belief that you know Bell is trying is a man trying to sound like a teenager and uh, that doesn't work. Uh, two more reviews. Uh, Campbell dropout. Uh, subject title: Meet the Press Spider-Man version. Five out of five stars. I've probably only listened to about 10 to 15 episodes, but what a great group of people. You can they have fun and enjoy each other's company. I've enjoyed this podcast and the message board. I look forward to future podcasts. The only negatives I have that for the show is that the sound quality could be better, but hey, they're doing this for fun, and they're not getting paid for it. Hint to Marvel to endorse these people. And at times, they can seem a little harsh with current Spider-Man issues. But if you listen to the early episodes, the reviews don't seem to be as negative in their reviews. These people are very passionate about Spider-Man, and the comic seems to be a lull, in a lull period. Anyone, anybody that complains about these guys should realize that these are huge fans that love the character and the art of comics and still reads them. Great show, and keep up the good work. Thank you, Mr. Campbell. Campbell Dropout. That sounds so It must funny. be a really, really, really controversial website if everybody brings up complaints. Who knows? The bigger you are, the more controversial you'll get. Yeah, and and I've I've learned that that these positive things it's far easier for people to complain than to compliment. So the ones these compliments, I'm, I really appreciate people taking time to do that. Yeah, and I really appreciate that he pointed out because we've pointed it out before, but an actual listener is pointing out how much more favorable our reviews were back when the book was, you know, good. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Last one. Uh, subject title, Amazing, Spectacular, and Sensational, five out of five stars. Fr uh, Friendly Indian is the name of the handler. Uh, from August 9th, uh, this show is great. I love the reviews and the, the yearly Spider Jeopardy. Bertoni, that's for you. My favorite, though, is Live Callers. Kevin. I hope... On live callers next year. Only problem is I don't know when or how. Anyway, great show. Any Spidey fan needs to listen to. And to end all, I quote from the man himself, Mary Jane. There you go. Uh, how do you get a question on? Let's see. 
Oh, he doesn't know how to do live callers. Um, I, I generally put a, a note at the top of all the message boards. If you go to SpidermanCrawlspace.com, click on message board at the top. I usually do an announcement that we're going to be doing live callers then. And I, I've pretty much decided we're just going to do live callers once a year. Kevin, now's your chance to applaud. Uh, Leave <laughs> the show again. Because that really, that is like four or five episodes in one. Yeah, I think, uh, can I, though, real quick clear up? Because I, I feel like I sound like an asshole for not liking live caller shows. It's not that I don't like talking to you guys. I really do. It's just that they're kind of a technical nightmare. That's all. Yes, it's it's a matter of adding people to the Skype call, which we're all on a Skype call as we record this. So I had to add one, drop one, and sometimes they're not on the end of the phone to get put on. And sometimes when you call overseas, stuff happens. And sometimes you add so many people into Skype that Skype turns into a big techno song. And not that one. Not ever that. <laughs> So, uh, thank you to all the iTunes uh, reviewers. We haven't done this segment in a while, so uh, if you'd like to uh, be right on the air, just go to iTunes, type in Spider-Man, and click on the crawl space and write a review, and I'll read it. So far, we've got, I think, 44 reviews. I'm always looking for more, so pro, con, or indifferent, we'll read them. Okay, uh, moving on to... Uh, we we alluded to this a little bit in the beginning, Um Kevin, uh, this is your topic. Uh, Morbius is getting an ongoing. Tell me all about that, sir. Yes, how- I will. Uh, uh, he hasn't had one since the, the 90s, like 15 years ago. Yeah, uh, Morbius the Living Vampire, the previous series, the Midnight Sun series, was his only um, ongoing series. And he's actually been getting a little bit more play in the past couple of years um, with things like the Marvel Zombies miniseries that he's been a part of and the Legion of Monsters miniseries he was just a part of and he got a you know appearance in Amazing Spider-Man before but apparently this Amazing Spider-Man arc that we are going to continue talking about in this episode uh, was kind of intended to position him for an ongoing series and then we've got a writer named Joe Keating who I admit I'm not familiar with uh, but I know he's currently writing uh, comics named Glory and Hell Yeah, which is, is a fantastic <laughs> title, if you ask me. Um, and it's going to get art by Rich Elson, uh, who has been doing art for Journey into Mystery for a while. And Rich Elson is a fantastic artist. Really excited about that. And if you've seen that freaking Gabriel Delato cover that they've put out for Morbius number one, it's just gorgeous. And Damn, it is I could not be happier that Morbius is getting this kind of treatment right now. From what I'm reading, we're going to get another ASM.1 issue, number 699.1, um, and that issue is going to be done not by Dan Slott, but by the Morbius creative team, and they say it's basically a Morbius Zero issue. And then in January, Morbius is launching his own series, ladies and gentlemen. Can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah. I'll, I'll pick it up. I'm picking it up. You know I'm picking it up. I'll pick up two copies. Three times. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get the variant covers up on that piece. <laughs> yeah. I'll be selling he's got, his, he's got his classic costume back, it looks like, with the uh, the red collar. Yeah, that's what it looks like from the uh, from at least the cover. I'll, I'll wait to see some preview art. I kind of hope they mess with that a little bit, because frankly, I don't know why anybody would wear that costume <laughs> in 2012. Disco! <laughs> uh, that is- 
right lapel in it. Um, and he's not bald like uh, balding like he was in the the Rick Remainder Punisher Frankencastle thing. Yeah, I admit to not reading that. That's like the one Morbius thing that I haven't read in the past thirty years or so. But I did see the the art previews on that, and I've seen Tony Moore's art in other places like Venom, and I know it's great, but I can't quite figure out his take on Morbius. That's the thing about Morbius, though, is that every artist seems to have a vastly different take on him. So it's always kind of interesting to see what people come up with. But personally, I always liked. Uh, I guess a cleaner look than that more shriveling monster look. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to think who was in the, the his ongoing in the 90s. Uh, the blonde, she's now a vampire, though, isn't she? Uh, Martine was in uh, the the first Amazing Spider-Man brand new day issue that... Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> but it was kind of, let's say, a rebooted version of Martine. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't really lining up with the old series, and I believe she died at the end of that. So what do you want to see out of this? You want him to be a hero? What what do you what is an ongoing Morbius series for you that's murder great? Well, for me, I do like anti-hero Morbius. The great thing about Morbius for me is surprise me. Uh because especially I mean if you read the 30 some uh, 32 issues of the original Morbius Living Vampire series, not all of them were good admittedly, but that sucker just went and so many different directions over its run because there are so many different things you can do with him. Um, you can have, I mean, he's he's based in science. He's got the scientist background. You can work with that. He's a vampire, so he becomes a horror character. And he has these characters like Vic Slaughter, the vampire that he created. Um, he has an interesting history with teams. He was part of the Midnight Suns, which never really took off, but with characters like Blade and Ghost Rider and then Legion of Monsters later. And uh, mm-hmm. one thing I definitely want to see, though, is that he's always had, at least you know, for the past couple of decades, a good friendship with Jack Russell, Werewolf by Night. So I'd really mm-hmm. like to see him appear in that series. That'd be good. That'd be good. Cool. Uh, Kevin and I are down for it. Anybody else picking up the book, you think? I'll reserve judgment based on what Kevin says about it. Well, okay, I need Kevin and one other person to endorse it, and then maybe <laughs> I'll right. pick, pick it up. No, no offense, <laughs> Kevin, but, you know. Understand. You know what I'm... <laughs> Josh, you going to pick it up? JR? Don? No, who's Morbius again? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, Brad, <laughs> again, bye. This has been fun. Uh, you got to put me on the spot, Brad. Back me in a corner. Uh, yes, baby. <laughs> I will. I will. I'll, I might check out the first issue because I really am not like I'm not anti-Morbius, but you know I'm not I'm not jumping to get a Morbius book. But you know I you know I am familiar with him uh, thanks to that wonderful '90s show. So I'll give it a shot. Jr. I know you you don't like to put it. Pick up extra titles unless you have to, but are you going to try this one, you think? Uh, no. No. <laughs> Even with Kevin's glowing recommendation. Um, did you like him in Amazing uh, 101? No. <laughs> did, did you like him on the 90s show when he had the suckers on his hands? I hunger. Felicia. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, Kev, you can't win Jay overall. <laughs> well, that was he doesn't like vampires or clones. <laughs> the first right. time I ever read Morbius in a comic was uh, Maximum Carnage, and he was there with the Black Cat, and all I knew was the 90s show. And I was like, why are he and Felicia acting like total strangers? What's going on? 
I think um, my I first Morbius so... from the comics was actually, I mean, I knew him from the 90s series, but I think the, my first exposure to him in the comics really was that um, one where he was stalking that kid with cerebral palsy. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Ooh. There was a... It's um, funny um, everybody's first time with a, Venom. Uh, I mean, Morbius. There was a crossover with uh, Spider-Man and X-Man in the 90s. I actually had that in prison. Like, I was... In second grade, but I actually like brought that comic to school because like uh for some one reason or another because I remember that I think Spider Man actually was bitten by Morbius and like he was like kind of getting over the effects of you know being bitten by a vampire. It was actually pretty cool. Yeah. All right, Kev. I'm looking forward to it. When does it come out? Is it uh, this January? January. Um, January. And I believe it'll be December that we're getting the uh, 699.1 of ASM, which I guess is a good thing. Everybody on this panel gets to try one issue by this creative team with Amazing Spider-Man number 699.1 before the actual series launches. Got you. So, so when and, does he get eaten by sharks? <laughs> <laughs> when does he pose for Playboy or Playgirl? Oh, oh that's cold. Well, frankly, if he's wearing that <laughs> suit outfit, I hope he gets eaten by sharks. <laughs> oh, that's so mean. Um... <laughs> Moving on to another topic, um, Amazing Spider. There, there's been some uh, talk about uh, the Marvel Now and the relaunching of various teams and characters, etc. Uh, Captain America is getting a new one with Remender and John Romita Jr. Uh, Avengers and New Avengers are coming out, and Uncanny Avengers and Iron Man and. Good lord. Uh <laughs> now on this podcast publicly? No, we haven't. We didn't have Marvel now. We didn't have been time a top in July and we didn't do a show in August. So, what do you guys think of Marvel now? Well, there there's several aspects of this the Marvel reboot that I want to hit up. One is about what you think of uh well, what hit Hickman's Avengers. That that just came out. Uh we have an image of the first 3 issues of uh, Avengers number one, and Spidey's obviously on the main team. We've got here. I'll read them off real quick: Captain America, Captain Marvel, Cannonball, the New Mutants, Hulk, Wolverine, uh, Falcon, Black Widow, Thor, Magma. I think from New Mutants, uh, Iron Man, Hawkeye, Spider Woman, and Spider Man. So, what do you guys yeah, think? Yeah, there's Spider Man in the background, swinging away as if he's off on his way to do something, as if he wasn't in the Josh Whedon movie, so he doesn't get to be in an iconic. <laughs> Looks like he's, uh, Fantastic Four too, because Bagley is on that book. That was so, just on one team, possibly. The Uncanny so, Avengers and Earth's Mightiest X-Men, I believe. I don't know, but open it up to anybody. Who wants this one? Well, I'll uh. Let Josh say a few words, then. <laughs> oh, sorry, Kevin. You can go if you want. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Kevin, I'll Kevin talk later. You go ahead, Josh. Uh, when this news was first announced, I remember this was like the day like before the Spider-Man movie was coming out. And I remember being like, oh, but it was leaked because of like an image from Entertainment Weekly. So then oh, Marvel yeah. had to announce it. And I was like really disappointed. I was like, oh, the amazing Spider-Man movie can't have its day in the sun. Now we got to focus on this. It's there's D, Marvel can spin this any way that it wants, but when less than a year ago DC announced, you know, relaunched a bunch of their books with number ones with new creative teams and designs, and they're doing this thing which is so similar, there's no way that you can say that this isn't reactionary. 
I mean, time. they'll spin it, and of course, they're paid to spin it. I mean, what are they supposed to say to the press? Well, DC tried it, and it made a lot of money, so we're going to do it. It's... And we were making predictions, you know, some of us over the phone before this came out, uh, about what's, what they're going to do, the lineup with the movie verse. And uh, I think Don had a bet that, like, Thor's going to lose his helmet in, like, the first year. Yep. But I was, yeah. I was really disappointed, though, because when I went to San Diego, I thought that we'd hear a lot more about what Marvel now was and that we get a lot more answers. And we really haven't. And this thing was announced in July. It's... September now, and I'm still pretty much in the... All we know is that there's going to be some new creative teams and some new number ones, and as people who know me know, uh, I I use the word no twice in a sentence, (laughs) I am not a fan of unnecessary number ones. How many number ones have the Avengers had in the past few years alone? It's... It's One ridiculous. There's no point. Like, wasn't it Kevin or someone who said, or Jr. who said, like, if you're buying New Avengers issue 12, you know, twice in a few years, there's something wrong or, or something like. That. Oh, Ke- yeah, Kevin said me. that. Yeah, that sounds like yeah. me. Right. It's, <laughs> that was awesome. But the, you know, there's a lot up in the air, and really, you know, all this is is there's some new creative teams. But what's going on beyond the new creative teams? Are they? <sighs> God forbid, I hope that they're not rebooting continuity, which they say that they're not going to do. They promise they're not going to do. And this seems like it's it's their answer to the new 52, but like playing it safe, like they're not rebooting everything. I don't think they're going to reboot Amazing. I will be very disappointed if they do, but we don't have any solicitations for anything past 700 at this point, so you never know. But I, I think it's just like a core bunch of titles, and there's some notable exceptions, and that, that art looked okay, but it, it, it was one Joe Casada image, and that's all we had to go on. But right now, I, I just wish we had more information. What do the rest of you think? Here, here's some spider-related topics that, that are being discussed. Um, Doc Ock in 698 allegedly learned Spider-Man I- Spider-Man's okay, I'm sorry. Third time in a row, right? Yeah, it's, right? It's, it's, it's the third time in over 15 yeah. years. It's on the cover. We've seen how he reacted in both ways. One, he was he didn't have much of a reaction. Two, he tried to kill him in Civil War. There's no other. There's no other point of interest to be to be invested in that. Come. Okay. What if this time he um, tries to hug him? <laughs> Let's hug it out. Octo hug. Eight arm hug, baby. Get it in. Oh yeah! Wow. Uh, also, uh, there's discussion if uh, Amazing will reboot, like um, uh, Bertoni alluded to, with an Amazing Spider-Man number one. Last time we had that was in 99, right? And that turned out so well for everyone involved. Exactly. <laughs> and possibly will Dan Slott be on the book past issue 700? Wishful thinking. So, uh, <laughs> so what do you think of any of JR, let's hear from you. What, what do you think of those three Spider-what-ifs? Uh, well, as I, I hope they don't reboot to number one. But, mm-hmm. you know, the thing is, though, I'm very predictable on that. I don't like those. I've always said I don't like those. They're gimmicks. You know, yeah. it's uh, it's more like, you know, gee, look at us, pay attention to us. And, you know, don't mind the fact that we don't have any new or original or inventive stories to tell. Just notice that we have a new number one. Um you know, I as for slot, I, I don't know if I feel one way or the other about whether he'll continue. I mean, I know that he loves the characters. I know he wants uh, the character. I know he wants to do right by him, 
and he's written some great stories in the past. But uh, ever since he's been a regular since the beginning of Brand New Day, it's been very hit or hit or miss with him. Uh, and so I just, you know, I, I don't know how I feel one way or the other about him continuing. Um, and as far as Dr. Octopus finding out that Peter is Spider-Man, I mean, you know what? So he's going to find out the Jackals fi- has found out and Norman Osborn still doesn't know, you know, <laughs> betrayal. But, you know, I mean, to me, it makes sense that Dr. Octopus would know. I mean, it's, he, you know, as somebody who's both familiar, both with Peter Parker and Spider-Man, you know, unlike, you know, say a lot of the, 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 the B-class villains, you know, like Mysterio or Electro or whatever. Uh, of course, the chameleons impersonated Peter Parker five times, so he probably should know. Um, <laughs> but, but um, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm not for anybody finding out until Norman does. Yeah. Yeah. Norman is comatose in his underwear somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, and he's purple, I think. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably safer there than in the hands of these writers. <laughs> I would actually agree, leaving there in his coma for a while. JR, if if a SWAT leaves, is there anybody that comes to mind that you'd like? Oh God. I you know see that's the thing. I, I don't read that much outside Spider Man, you know. Uh, partly the three ninety nine the three ninety nine price point has pretty well driven me from, from any kind of experimentation. Uh I, I honestly couldn't say. I mean, I mean, I know that I've, you know, said either Roger Stern or Lee Weeks or, you know, various, you know, various names, but uh, I, I don't have a good one right off the top of my head right now. Kevin, what's your two cents, sir? Um, well, to hit the bullet points about all this, I'll start at the end. Just to answer your question to Jr., I would pay four ninety nine an issue for Kieran Gillen's Amazing Spider Man. Mm. That might just be me, but the guy's humor and characterization is so good. I want to read his Spider-Man. Journey into Mystery. Check it out. I'm saying, sadly, it's ending right now, but it's been a great run. Um, Also, Uncanny Avengers, I thought. Uncanny X-Men, I mean. Yeah, Uncanny X-Men, and he's moving to Iron Man, and he says a second title that hasn't been announced yet for Marvel Now. So that'll be something to look forward to. Um, But for this whole Marvel Now business, um, I think, yeah, it's totally a reaction to the New 52, and why the hell not? I mean, the New 52 blew the sales charts out completely, and Marvel was left going, what, what just happened? Aquaman! So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, Aquaman wait, outselling what? Spider-Man, yeah. <laughs> um, so, of course, they, they need a reaction to the New 52, and I, personally, am very thankful that that reaction is just a bunch of new number ones and not a reboot. Um I'm I'm going to trust that it's not a reboot because they have said about 20 million times at this point that it's not a reboot. And so did Dan Didio. Yeah, well, reading the interviews with all the writers on their titles and everything, it doesn't sound like a reboot. And uh, no, Dan Didio did not come out this many times saying specifically the new 52 that we've already solicited is not a reboot. That never happened. Um, there is no apples that. to apples comparison there. Um so no, it's not a reboot, it's a bunch of number ones, and okay, a bunch of number ones to boost sales, fine. What is Marvel now? Marvel now is the heroic age. Marvel now is the initiative. Marvel now is Dark Reign. It's another era after a big event. This happens to be the era after Avengers vs. X-Men, and this time we get to mix Avengers and X-Men, which to me is really cool. I want to see Uncanny yeah. Avengers with Avengers and X-Men on the same team. That sounds like something I haven't really read in an ongoing book before. Now, alternatively to that, 
as far as Hickman's Avengers go, most of the team I like, but I hate the freaking New Mutants. Why are Cannonball and Sunspot on this team? The New Mutants, in my opinion, has been a crap book as long as I have been a reader. I don't know if the original New Mutants was any good. I didn't read it. I know they suck <laughs> now. Um, <laughs> so I will pick up. Do you the... think the team sucks or do you think the characters suck? Uh, from every attempt I've read from several different writers at writing New Mutants, the characters suck. Okay. Because um, I've read now Zeb Wells, Dan Abnett, and Andy Lanning, and Kieran Gillen all writing that team, and the characters never didn't suck. So <laughs> I have to feel like it's their fault. Uh, <laughs> you fictional um, I, I yeah. will uh, pick up Hickman's Avengers uh, because I kind of want to get into this new era and see what's going on. And I've read Hickman's Ultimates, which I kind of liked. And I feel like this is going to be kind of a big thing, so I want to see what's going on. I'm a little bit worried about the 18-plus member roster, because I I like character development in my comics, even if it's a team comic, personally. And with 18 members, that's going to be difficult. But you know, we'll see. You know, it's fun, funny you should mention that Hickman's Ultimates. Uh, I, I caught up, on, like, on six months' worth of that. It's really pretty good. I caught up on the past year of the Ultimate Universe, like a week yeah. ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the whole <laughs> Ultimate Universe. Uh, Ultimate bad. X-Men I mean, and Spider-Man. Reed Richards is a bad guy takes a little bit to get used to. But, I like uh, it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's kind of cool. Uh, it's like if Reed like Richards 16. and the leader had a kid with his yeah. big brain. I actually yeah. was thinking that. The one thing yeah. that's kind of bothering me about all that Ultimate stuff, just in the Ultimates and the X-Men, is I get that this is the Ultimate Universe where you can do anything, but do we have to like blow up the whole country in five issues? That's a little bit much and a little bit hard to swallow. The United States was divided into... Like, Texas is its own country now. <laughs> and, then, and then the president and Washington, D.C. got blown up. And now we're, like, in no-man's-land America. So it's... I get that it's the Ultimate Universe and you want to shock people, but... Uh, Goddamn. I, I, they, they don't represent an uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. I didn't know that happened. I think they, well, they will did. because Ultimate Spider-Man just is supposed to be starting this Divided We Fall crossover, which is kind of about all of this stuff. I've not, I've not read the latest issue, so okay, okay. The one with Captain America's hand grabbing Miles' hand on the cover, that that one references the dividing of the United States and something like that. So, uh, Anybody who else wants to hop in? I'll hop in. Okay. Um, Look, as far as renumbering goes, I don't think this is uh, the first rodeo for any of us. We, we, you, you read any uh, title long enough, you're gonna. This is gonna happen multiple times, uh, you know, particularly in Marvel and DC. And I really just think the number on the cover is generally like not something to get upset about because it doesn't necessarily have an impact on the story. Like starting over with a new beginning and a new creator will have an impact on the story, but you know, if most of the time. You know, that still happens even without our numbering. So I guess my only point here is I just don't care about the numbers. Um, let me think what else. There's so many topics here kind of rolled into one. Like Hickman's Avengers. I think I've just gotten kind of sick of the Avengers, um, at least in the comic books. I like the movie. But when you read off the team members, it just seems kind of ho-hum. Nothing is really like these are people that i got to see how they interact with each other. Um, yeah. The uh, thing about 
speculating whether or not Dan Slott will leave. I think where that's coming from is that there was some interview or question from a fan where he responded, I can neither confirm nor deny whether I'll be here uh, or be writing Amazing Spider-Man when Marvel Now hits. And I think that's just his misdirection. I don't think we can really read into that, that he is leaving. I would bet money that he is going to stay because shortly before that he wrote a post saying that he would have to be dragged off the title unwillingly for him ever to leave. So, uh, you know, I don't, I really don't think he's leaving Um, to answer your question about who I would like to take over, which, Mm -hmm. you know, if he did leave, I think um, Rick Remender or Chris Yost would be good choices because they were uh, apparently Chris Yost is good on Scarlet Spider, but I believe he's also, I believe he's also a writer on, um, the the Avengers cartoon, right? Or he's like the head writer. Yeah, the one that wrapped up Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yeah, and, and he was good on it when he used to co-write um, X Force, and I thought that was pretty good. He seems to have a love of the '90s era, both of X Men and um, and Spider Man, since he's writing Kane. So I think he could probably bring back a little bit of that era that people are starting to get nostalgic for. I know you know the the people who are like older than me, Kevin, Josh, Don probably aren't looking for that to happen, but, you know, it would be a fresh take because I think the people who have been writing Spider-Man, especially Dan Slott, are a little bit stuck in an even earlier era and just sort of retreading that. So if we're only going to do retreads from now on, I want, you know, at least a different era that hasn't been gone over again. <laughs> and, I, and I have enjoyed Rick Remender on Venom quite a bit, so I think those would be good choices. But like I said, Slott's probably staying, or I think we're in for the long haul with him. Agreed. Um, yeah, but and you know he's okay. There are, have definitely been worse writers, so I'm not yeah. going to complain about that. I'm just saying that you know I would kind of like some new blood on Amazing Spider-Man. I am starting to get a little bit tired of Dan Slott, uh, but you know he's he's okay. It could be worse. And uh, I mean, am I missing anything that we talked about for this topic? Yeah, you hit it up pretty yeah. good. Yeah, you so you know. I don't think I'm going to be running out to my store to buy any of the new titles, really. I'm, I generally read things in trades after they have good word of mouth to them. So we'll see what's good, and we'll see what I get. JR has a counterpoint, I think. Well, I, um, I I do agree with Chris's point that as far as new number ones go, you know, we've been through all this before. A lot of times it's not that significant anymore, and that really any time, you know, any time a character goes through a significant change or redirection or gets a new creative team, you know, we've seen the number ones. I guess what bugs me is that I've always said, for the, you know, yeah, for the most part, I don't care, you know, if a lot of these titles reboots. But to me, there's, I've always said there's four titles that should keep their original numbering because of their significance in comics history. Action Comics, Detective Comics, Fantastic Four, and Amazing Spider-Man. You know, I mean, you know, Action Comics, obviously, because of its significance. It introduced Superman, Detective Comics for Batman, Fantastic Four kicked off the entire Marvel Universe, and Spider-Man is Spider-Man. Reboot all the rest, I don't care. Uh, but, you know, DC's rebooted, uh, you know, to me that's just sacrilege. It's stupid. It's, it's, it, it's, it, it's, bla- I don't know, Christ, you know, it, 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 it bugs me. That's all I can say. Yeah. It bugs me, and I'm just a cranky old man. Good day. And, and with, with the Amazing Spider-Man rebooting, that 99 was uh, 13 years ago. Right. Yeah, thirteen years. That's ago. that's a whole gen, that's a whole generation of Spider-Man fans that haven't had a number one. But, and I think it's so tempting for Marvel to get a big month. I think it's more tempting to have uh, 
the ability to sell 200,000 Amazing Spider-Man number ones than, say, 80,000 number 701s. Yeah, they have a big month whenever there's a number one, but they also have a big month whenever there's like a, a hundred or a two hundred or a three hundred. So they're just going to keep flipping the numbers back and forth so they can always mm-hmm. get their number one, get their number 700, and then go back to get a new number one. And it's Remember what they did to Thor end. a few years ago? Like, like there's no way Thor had a 600, but they did it anyway. <laughs> oh, there was, um, she, when Dan Flatt was writing She-Hulk, she had a number one, and then a few months later, she had a number 100. And then after 100, they restored to, like, a lower numbering. Like, the next <laughs> issue was, like, issue 5 or something. It was, like, yeah. 1, 2, 3, 100! 5. 5, 6, 7, 8. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like pol- it's like polishing a turd, you know? I mean, <laughs> if you don't... If you don't it is. If you don't give people something to that they'll really enjoy and want to keep coming back for, it's still a turd. I mean, it doesn't matter what number you call it, how much paint you put on it, or how how bright you polish it. And these all turn out, you know, a lot of the times they turn out to be gimmicks. Uh, the, the 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 creative teams don't last very long. The stories go into the crapper. Um, you know, it's 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 a gimmick. I mean, I guess that's my my problem. It's a gimmick. It's not a long term fundamental solution to needing to expand comics readership so yeah i agree with that it definitely doesn't do anything like for me it doesn't make me want to read a comic more because it's number one i guess my opinion is just that it doesn't really make me want to read it less unless i mean i when it is a gimmick and the gimmick's bad like the late 90s reboot or something like that then you know that's one thing uh, I guess I'm just holding out hope that this will be different from the others maybe I'm maybe I'm just uh, naive and and for us long term fans it's hard to sort this stuff in your box in your long box <laughs> I know I know Marvel really could care less about that but how do you organize this is a problem I'm having how do I go from Avengers 502 or something then I put new Avengers after it but then there's another Avengers title. How do I sort that? Yeah, another new Avengers title. Order. My favorite stunt is that when they do something like Hulk, where it goes to like Hulk number one, but then they branch it off so that that rebooted Hulk keeps going, but then the Incredible Hulk comes back with the numbering as if those Hulk issues counted towards that numbering. So now you have like one issue counting as being an issue of two completely different series. That's a funny one. Like <laughs> Daredevil to... Uh, Black Panther and then Hulk the Hercules. Yeah. Fantastic uh, Four and like Future Foundation. Like for some reason, Future Foundation like secretly had the Fantastic Four numbering. So when Fast- Fantastic Four came back, they were at six hundred. But then Future Foundation continued as like a separate series. Yeah. That oh, I've gone cross-eyed. <laughs> That's cheating. <laughs> I think we hit that one up pretty good. Let's move on to another bit of spider news happening this month. Um, if Two of my favorite covers from the 90s, uh, the original art went for sale. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 328, you'll remember that's a Todd McFarlane Acts of Vengeance cover where Spider-Man has the cosmic... Uh, what, what's the guy's name? Cosmic Captain uh, Universe. Cap- he has the Captain Universe powers. And he hits the Hulk, the Grey Hulk, right in the junk. <laughs> I love that. space. He jump, punches them all the way into outer space, and that cover set a record: four hundred and forty-eight thousand dollars, four hundred forty-eight thousand one hundred twenty-five dollars. Uh, I take that back. That is not 
that that was the 1986 Dark Knight Rises by Frank Miller. So this one sold more. So this one sold for $657,250 for that amazing Spider-Man 328 cover at an auction. Uh, the other piece that sold for a lot of money was um, Todd McFarlane's number one from 1990. That sold for $358,500. That is nuts. Don, what do you think of this? Would you spend more than half a million dollars on some original art? Yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> you would? I, if, if I had the someone... money. Because I, 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 I love art. I used to be an art major, and like I really do love like that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of my favorite tabs on my computer are like you know comic book art websites. So I actually am going to like say I, if I had the money I would. And I'm not saying like you know it's stupid or healthy, but I am stupid and unhealthy. Um, I mean, <laughs> Tom McFarlane is a really. I mean, despite the stories, he is a really good Spider-Man artist. Uh, I personally really like the kind of like broad, tall, athletic, strong-looking Spider-Man as opposed to the one who looks like he's like ten years old these days. Because I think they're kind of like, like using the Ultimate Spider-Man design and kind of broadening it to everywhere. But I mean, I, I guess I guess the question is, you know, is this a appropriate amount of money to spend on artwork? Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I, if it doesn't if it doesn't help the comic industry, then I suppose maybe not. But an art is art, and I think art when it's excellent should be worth a lot of money. So I mean, I, I don't have any moral outrage towards this. But I'm not I'm not saying like I'm not saying it's a smart thing to spend money on. But I don't. I, I'm sort of like, you know, yeah, you go get your money, camp. Yeah, if you got the money, why not? Uh, do you like those two covers? Are those a couple of your faves? Or uh, Well, I've actually not read that issue where he, like, uh, ball punches the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it, 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 it's good. It's great art. It's a good, it's a good one. But, uh, I mean, they're, they're good artworks. It's not like, you know, my favorites, but it doesn't mean that I dislike them at all. I think we all agree that the Spider-Man number one by McFarlane is lacking with the doom, doom, doom in the background. It sure is lacking with that horrible dialogue. <laughs> it's bad. Any other thoughts on this one before we move on? What do you guys think of record amounts of money for comic book art? Don't Anybody these else? losers know that they can just go to Google Image and do it for free? What a laugh. <laughs> what a uh, laugh. <laughs> Anybody else think it's weird that the highest selling piece of comic book art of all time is now from Acts of Vengeance? <laughs> I think it's the second. Uh, the it, In this article, it says the world record price for art was set in June when the cover drawing for 10 Yeah, it's American. American. I'm, I'm sorry. The record, it's, the record is for American art. American comic book oh, okay. art. Because 1010 is foreign. Acts of Vengeance. I just found. Find it, you know, and I've never been a big McFarland fan. There's no doubt about that. But I just find it incredible that this amount of money is not is being spent on something that is not a historically significant piece of comic art. I mean, yeah. a historically a, a significant piece I could understand. You know, if someone again, I bring up the original Action One or something like that. But Todd McFarland art from the '90s. I mean, I guess if he's your man, you know, go for it. But that just kind of strikes me as a bit skewed. Yeah, I think that's my point, is that even if it is Todd McFarlane art from the 90s, maybe Spider-Man number one, but Acts of Vengeance? Who read that? I did, and freaking loved it. (laughs) Well, it's got my two favorites, the Hulk and Spider-Man fighting. Well, yeah, I mean, I see this cover, and I see Brad and Douglas nerdgasm, but (laughs) you don't have a half million dollars, so I assume it wasn't you that bought it. 
No, I wish I did, was, but yeah, I would have loved to have that Brad, cover. Oh, man, that's yeah. not something I want in my head, a Brad Douglas nerdgasm. <laughs> <laughs> However, Spider-Man number one is a significant piece of spider history because it's the highest-selling Spider-Man comic of all time. I, I forget how many issues it sold. It was in the millions. And these days, we, we applaud 100,000 comics being sold in the direct market. Yeah. However, those aren't all the, rec- the accurate numbers. Anyway, sorry. I was <laughs> someone. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, Marvel editorial, get on this podcast. Kick them off. <laughs> Again. Uh, what were you, somebody was saying something? I'm sorry. I don't think so, um, but I would like to, like, you know, kind of, like, agree with JR and that, like, compared to, like, the Dark Knight Returns, that, that spread, uh, I was actually reviewing the Bailey the other week with uh, Batman and Robin in the air. That's like not only is that a great piece of artwork, but it's from a very uh, game-changing comic book. Whereas you know we compared it to Spider-Man punching out the Hulk, it's like Spider-Man has you know even more powers. It is kind of like weird in comparison. But again, it's not so much the story content that it represents, but as it is like the artistic talent that it presents. I suppose. Yeah. Spider Jeopardy question: What Beatles song did the Hulk quote in that issue? Mm, here comes the sun. Okay. You're ahead. Yeah, you're yeah, you're ahead a point for the next Spider Jeopardy, Brad. You start you start off one point ahead of everyone else. To the ones that haven't read it, the Hulk was gray. And during this was during Peter David's uh Joe Fix It run. And when the sun came up, he turned from gray to Bruce Banner, which was what happened in the original six of Hulk. All right, anyway, moving on. Uh I actually in August my wife and I went to a comic book convention. I haven't been to one of these in a long time, a big one. We went to the uh, Chicago Comic Con. I hadn't been to this thing since, my gosh, probably 1997. And we went to the Wizard Chicago Comic Con. I had a freaking blast. It's it's different to go to that thing when you're 18, 19 years old and then go when you're 37. <laughs> it's a little bit different. Um, I had a good time. Um... If you've been watching the front page, uh, I interviewed Alex Savick, who pencils the Sunday Spider-Man newspaper strip, and he also did Web of Spider-Man for years. So I'm putting together a video that I'm editing the video of that. Also, the podcast is out, the audio. I interviewed Paul Jenkins, who was freaking awesome. Um, what else did you do, Brad? Like, what panels did you go to? <laughs> I went to <laughs> I went to the Stan Lee panel. That was awesome. Uh, I I actually I got a picture with Stan, and let me tell you that story because that one's freaking weird. Um, first of all, probably two hundred people were there over the four day event. There is a line that you can get into and and pay to get your picture with Stan Lee, and uh, you had to wait for like an hour and a half. And I literally got forty five seconds with Stan, and you go up and you take a picture with him and and. He's. Uh, they were like, now Stan is not having a good hand day, so don't <laughs> have a little arthritis in his hand, so he can't be shaking a whole bunch of hands. So that was funny, uh, and I really didn't have much to, time to talk to Stan. I'm like, Stan, how you doing? Thanks for doing this, Excelsior. And he goes, Excelsior to you too, son. <laughs> so, uh, so that was my after waiting a half an hour and a half. I've I've actually talked to Stan over the years. Uh, that last Chicago Comic Con when I was seventeen or eighteen. He's like Mister Burns. He has to remember you each time. Well, no, he does. he wouldn't remember me each time. 
I imagine. You see how many fans he's got? But I shook his hand one time, the very first time I met him, and I said, thank you for creating one of the best characters in all of fiction. And uh, and the second time, well, I interviewed him for that uh, Sabi Sima podcast on the Crawl Space, so that was fun. And Bertone had him bless my child. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't forget about that. <laughs> I've had several interactions with them, and you know what I was thinking? Here, I'll tell you how much it was. It was 80 bucks to get a picture with Stanley, and I, I debated if I should I should spend that kind of money, and Mrs. Crawlspace said, you know what? He's going to be 90 this year. It's now or never, baby, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> so That's really dark. To... Well, I mean, he's 90. I love Stanley, but, you know. He's from the Golden Age comics, yeah. He, I, we just lost Joe Simon last year, so. I don't want I mean, to think about a world without Stanley. Uh, he'll live on forever, but uh, it, through science, sorry, through science, Walt Disney, he'll be frozen in the crawl space basement. That's why I called the crawl space. What's worse? You know, I actually have a question about why Stan. He'll be rebooted. Uh, millions, because I remember in the TV yeah. guy when the first Spider-Man movie came out in 2002. I specifically yeah. remember an article saying that people he he wasn't as wealthy as people like to imagine because of like creators' rights and all that. But if he has you know eighty dollar pictures. Like, like, you know, for cons and cons and cons. I'm wondering, is he a millionaire? I, I I would guarantee he's a millionaire. He has a credit on all the movies that say executive producer. The man's making some bank. I can't imagine <laughs> him actually producing, though, just because so, he is so busy. I don't know. The other panel I went to was the Bruce Campbell p- a panel that you will remember him from uh, naming Spider-Man in the first movie. That was fun. Bruce Campbell was by far the funniest man at any of the panels. <laughs> what did he do? Um, uh, he, he I, I can't I can't put into words, but he insulted people, which was fun. Uh, <laughs> he he, with my, a lot of these other panels, they have uh, moderators. Like I went to William Shatner, the captain's panel. Jerry will like this. Uh, they had Avery Brooks and Shatner and uh, Scott Bakula, and uh, they had a panelist for that. Well, and, I'd pay a lot of money to see that one. At two hundred bucks, if you want a picture with three captains. <sighs> Good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Jr. is being sarcastic or not. No, Jr. is not being sarcastic. I wouldn't pay. I wouldn't pay any kind of money to have my picture taken with Shatner. Uh. <laughs> For just Shatner by himself. Anyway, that one was fun. Someone handed uh, the the three captains a John Luke Picard action figure, and uh, they were like, "Check this out!" And, and Shatner took it and started playing with it on the table, and then he's like, "Look." Captain Picard can't swim, and he and he dunk it in the in the bucket of water. Being <laughs> paid thousands to do that, I was like, oh wow. Anyway, and so Scott Bakula ran over and grabbed the uh, Captain Picard action figure out and started giving it mouth to mouth resuscitation, which was really funny. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, Stan Lee panel was really cool. That's where uh, a guy got up and said, "Will Morbius be in the Spider-Man next movie?" Woo! I, it was me. Actually put that on the front page, and I when I heard the word Morbius, I had to hit record on the camcorder for Kev. <laughs> I recorded that. Um, Stan was awesome uh, in the panel, and he... The best question was, uh, I'm getting married soon. Tell me how do you keep a lasting marriage? And he talked about his wife, and oh. how she worked in a modeling agency, and he went up there and, and knocked on the door, and he'd been he'd been an artist in the beginning. Uh, doodling, and he, the girl opened the door, and this is who he'd been drawing for years, and who opened the door. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. I saw the uh, 
not 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 to steal the story, but like to add on to that, like I the Stan Lee experience or the documentary that Eddie was a part of. And yeah, great. Yeah, you've seen it, right? Yeah, I saw it on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, they, they talk a lot about him and his wife, and like apparently how she was married to another man until like six weeks later when she married Stan. Like they're really sweet together. Called man. Oh yeah, that's on Netflix. Check that out. That's really good. I wonder if that guy ever like walks down the street like, damn, Stanley done jacked my wife. <laughs> he done did this uh, to me. That happened in Chicago. Uh, the cosplayers were fun. I have a funny couple stories about that. My wife and I go get in the. I have two elevator cosplay stories. This ought to be funny. Uh, I I hop in the elevator with my wife and we're getting ready to to uh, go to the con, and uh, this girl. Uh, dressed up as Mockingbird from the Avengers Ooh. walks in. And she goes, oh, I'm going to meet my husband up at the con, but I don't know if anybody's going to know who I am. And I go, well, you're Mockingbird, right? Hell yeah, you got it! <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she was happy because her husband was dressed as Hawkeye. And she was like, no one's going to know who the hell I am. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't in the Avengers movie or on the Avengers covers. And and she was so happy that I recognized her as Mockingbird, and uh, so can you imagine? Hey, hey, honey, I'm going to be dressing up as Hawkeye, and can you just put this little purple number on for me? <laughs> and wear it all day, every day. She probably has no clue who uh, Mockingbird is. Uh, another funny thing is, uh, if you look at the pictures I put on the front page. Um, I have a bunch of the cosplayers that held the crawl space sign, and one I, I tried to get some Spider-Man related ones. Like I got a great Electro one. I loved his suit. Uh, however, there's a big guy with a shaved head and, and a white suit that was a freaking perfect kingpin. And I was like, oh man, I got to get a picture with him. So I had him hold up the crawl space sign. And then the next day, I get in the elevator with my wife, and we're getting ready to go up to the con, and this. 15-year-old kid comes up to me and says, you were great as the kingpin in the suit the other day. <laughs> oh, no. I wanted to smack him, oh, uh, but damn, that was so mean. Uh, <laughs> did you beat him? I did not beat him. I would have been a rough. him? <laughs> I did not eat him either. Uh, <laughs> you, you should have slammed him against the wall and said, "Don't say that. No one's supposed to know that it's me. I'm not wearing the uniform." Oh damn! My... <laughs> uh, but I bought some cool stuff there. Um, I I I've said this in the past. I have a run of Amazing Spider-Man from number 22 to current, and I every every. I, five years or ten years or whenever, I try to look and get the, the one in front of it. So I was on the search for Amazing 21, which is um, where Spider-Man it's, uh, it, it's, is oh. upside down, and he's got uh, the Human Torch throwing... Yeah, uh, the, the Beetle issue with Dory yeah, Beetle Evans. Issue. I got a good deal on that, so I now have Amazing 21 to current. I have 1, 3, 14, and 21 to current now. Oh, the door evidence, so, I think. Yeah. So I'm now looking for the first appearance of the Scorpion, which is number 20, which is my next goal to get. Uh, I also bought uh, a commission from Alex Savick, who I told you earlier um, was the penciler and web. And he's a very, very nice guy. And, he, and I think if I get any more commissions, I'm always going to get the same pose, which is the upside-down kiss. It's always neat to see artist interpretations of 
the upside down kiss. And, and I think Savick knocked it out of the park. I'm looking at it right now. I've got it hanging on my wall. And t- he signed it to Brad and the Spider-Man crawl space uh, at the bottom. So he – and you know what? It was funny. Alex Savick, we, in our discussion, we didn't get this on camera, but uh, it was like, man, I really miss it. You took down the Spider-Man Daily comic strips because he goes, every time someone asked me where they can read it, I always said the crawl space. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. And then the law said you couldn't have them anymore. And then King's Feature Syndicate said, nope, pay me. Uh, so <laughs> so I, I – uh, yeah. So anyway. you send your spider slayers after them because you're the king <laughs> Was, uh, and, and one of my favorite uh, cosplayers was Doc. Uh, he had a uh, green trench coat, and you know the, uh, the 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 metal tubing that goes out from the back of a, uh, a clothes dryer into the <laughs> four of those with arms on the end of it. <laughs> Did he like go go like, like there, was, there was a calling? Uh, there was a caller from like the other episode who said that like yeah. didn't he say that Doc Ock was in his showing for Amazing Spider-Man? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Should be him. But uh, that was awesome. Uh, there was also just some random people signing autographs at the con. Like, remember Joey Lawrence from Blossom? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> he's uh, he's on a show now. He's a male nanny working for Melissa Joan Hart. Based on yeah, Josh's life. There's no lines for him. And and uh, what was that gal that was married to Mr. Brady, the My Fair Brady reality show. Oh, uh, Adrian Curry? Yeah, no lines for her. Uh, one uh, more funny swag that I bought was, um, do you guys remember back in, ni- JR, I don't know if you have this, but in 1976, Planned Parenthood released the Spider-Man vs. Prodigy pamphlet where Spider-Man talks about uh, sex. <laughs> I, I wasn't yeah. buying Trojans then, so I didn't get the free comic <laughs> that came with it, so... Spider Trojans, wrap your web shooter. Buy multiple comics and get all the variant covers. Snap a picture of this, and, and is it, this was in the back of the book, and it was $3, and the guy had a whole table of them. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the Spider-Man sex book. I've got to get this. And the guy standing next to me goes, the Spider-Man sex book? What are you talking about? And, we're and I go, I'm like, I'm like, no, dude, look at this last page, and it has a little Spider-Man head, and it says, what are the facts? And about venereal disease, VD won't go away by itself. A doctor can cure it with a few shots. It's possible to catch VD more than once. VD is contagious and be, can be caught even if you have sex only once. So says Spider-Man. There's some good quotes here, but I'm not sure if it's appropriate to say <laughs> Dude, it, it is hilarious. So I, just by get, get, uh, getting so excited that I found the Spider-Man sex book, I actually sold, helped sell three copies to <laughs> the guy standing next to me. So, uh, How did he buy three? Funny. I don't know why he bought three, but he bought three. I bought one. <laughs> I, it was random. I, I think he said he's going to give it to some of his friends, which I thought was hilarious. Okay. So after I bought that book, I walk over and I talk to Paul Jenkins, who I saw standing. And I go, hey, Paul, look, I found the Spider-Man sex book. He goes, bloody hell, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> I say, Paul, read the back of the book. And he starts reading this in his British accent. It's the funniest damn thing. <laughs> Hearing Paul Jenkins read about pregnancy. After a girl starts menstruating, pregnancy is possible no matter what, what her... On, on, on the recorder. <laughs> Do we need to listen to this? God. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it's a Spider-Man show. This is what Spider-Man says, you know? <laughs> Spider-Man's not supposed to know what these things are. <laughs> anyway, it was a fun experience. We had a blast. Bought some cool stuff. Oh, I, I don't want to forget or mention uh, several, uh, not several, I'd say about a handful of people came up and they recognized me, which was freaking crazy. <laughs> I mean, I, I just thought that was insane. Uh, let me get their names who who uh, are loyal listeners to the podcast. I snapped pictures with them. Uh, one, it was actually on the first day, uh, this guy dressed, I, I saw a guy dressed as Spider-Man. And he had a great-looking suit. And I'm like, hey, man, can you hold up the Spider-Man Crawl Space sign? He goes, oh, my God, I've been visiting the Crawl Space since the fifth grade. So I thought that was really <laughs> awesome. Uh, this, uh, this guy dressed as Wario, which is Mario's evil brother, says, oh, man, I listen to that show all the time, the podcast. Very nice. And then this uh, guy named Kazooie Nanami uh, said, oh, can I take a picture with you? I, I listen to the show also because he saw the, the sign. So I thought that was cool. Also, uh, Carnage's Blood from the message board came up to me, and uh, he said, BD? I, and I turned around, and I, go, and I heard, BD? And he was like, hey, it's Carnage's Blood from the message board. I'm like, oh, let's snap a picture. So we were able to do that. And uh, you will appreciate this, everyone. Mrs. Crawl Space got cold. They keep these convention floors evidently negative 40. <laughs> they have a place called Superhero Stuff or something like that where they sold T-shirts and stuff. And I bought Mrs. Crawl Space a Spider-Man uh, jacket with a hoodie. <laughs> so she uh, Does she like that? And, and she, 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 she kept very warm. And um, here's a funny Spider-Man hoodie uh, story about her. Um, oh, what is the gal's name that was in Twin Peaks? Finn is her last name. Uh, Cheryl Finn? Cheryl and Finn uh, was signing autographs and spotted Mrs. Crawlspace from a, across the way. And she had her assistant run over and say, where did you get that coat? It is so cool. Do they have a Venom version? <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn Finn wanted Wendy's coat, so I thought that was really. Carolyn <laughs> Finn is a Venom fan. That's interesting. Exactly. Carolyn Finn from Twin Peaks is a Venom fan. That's pretty much my Chicago wrap up. I, I also got to meet Humberto Ramos, which is a very nice guy. Uh, he was sitting next to Paul Jenkins, and they have a a book coming out, or actually, it's it, it's come out, and it's called. Let me pull it up right here. It's called Fairy Quest, where Paul Jenkins wrote it. And uh, Humberto penciled it, and it is absolutely beautiful. So Google search or go to the Crawl Space, and I've put some links up there where you can, it's an original graphic novel, just absolutely beautiful. I really like uh, that interview we did with Paul Jenkins. You, you liked it? I, really I've, I, I still have to uh, edit the video of that, and he is such a nice guy, very very funny, and he had some. He has more Spider-Man stories he wants to tell. He just doesn't know where he can do it. I know. Uh, and here's my announcement. Um. Mrs. Crawlspace and I are going to be saving money. In 2014, we're going to San Diego. <gasps> Woo! Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So, so okay, yeah. so two years from now, I guess. It's not next year. We're going to be. We're, um, um, we've started a fund to save money to get a hotel room and bring whole fam family. Uh, <laughs> San Diego to see. Kevin, hopefully you're out there. Oh, God, yes. Yes. Uh, Donovan and Bertoni. 
and we're going to kidnap JR, put him in a uh, flight rate box from the UPS. That's or, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and see you all. So I think that would be fun. I see and, you're and 2014, and I raise you 2013. <laughs> I do the for 2013, so I, that's why I'm saving now. I don't care. I want 2013, and little things like, you know, financial matters don't concern me. I know you were um, concerned about, like, uh, having a, a baby around the convention floor. We were talking about San Diego one time. Did you take... Did you take Ava? You did. You took Ava once, right? Uh, to the, the local show, which was within driving distance. So no, but yeah, yeah Ava's going to be will be four in twenty fourteen. So that would be. Kind, I think it would be kind of neat to her for her to see the the cosplayers and all that stuff. And I'll dress her up as my little Spider Girl. Aww. If she's with you, it, it'll be easier too. Like if she's yeah. getting like you know her sister or mom can take her somewhere. Sister's going to go with her, and, and uh, that'll be fun. And we'll wrap up this show right about there. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. Another example of their great prices is on Amazing Spider-Man number 698, and the description of this one reads, Doc Ock discovers Peter's secret identity yet again. I think this is three times now. Anyway, the cover price, $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the SpiderManCrawlspace.com. <laughs>